Hey guys, Tony here. Mental health is a strong subject that no one wants to talk about. For me, Dylan, and Angelo, we decided it was time for a change, and that's why we started Complete Madness. Every Wednesday, we will be talking about mental health topics that we feel need to be said in the most uncensored and downright mad way possible. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Complete Madness Show and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Complete Madness. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. We're not experts, but we hope our podcast can help you get through whatever it is you're going through. Welcome to the Madness Clan and get ready for a fucking ride. together yeah. so anytime any people ask me for emails i always give them his email. oh you're yeah. such a dick every <laughs> time oh, you're such a dick all right whatever all right welcome back to complete madness guys we are on episode two if you are not following us on instagram and you are not subscribed on you youtube suck. you're completely freaking mad and you should be doing it because this podcast is made for you kind of people Maybe you're just you not know? mad enough i don't know what to i don't you. know i don't know either so <laughs> Anyway, we got a great episode for you guys today. Um, today's episode is actually going to be about dealing with addiction. Um, I, for the three of us, you know, we, we've definitely dealt with that a lot in our lives, and we'd love to. Sh- we'd like to share that story with you. Along with that, we do have a very special guest on this. Uh, that's coming on to the show in a couple of minutes. Uh, her name is Victoria Grassi. She's a motivational speaker down from Miami, Florida. Um, we're getting her set up on a uh, ZenCaster call right now. Special thanks to them. Uh, I'm, I've been looking at their software all day. Today today you know it's really cool guys you know all we got to do basically is just record and the best part about it is i don't have to download it to a usb bring it to that computer so it's great works perfect so anyway just to get right into it like i said before if you're not liked and subscribe on youtube and you're not following on, on instagram uh start please do so here we go all right so victoria can you hear us yes i can can you hear me yeah we can what's going on how are you i'm doing great how are you guys we're good how, how is it down there in florida Oh, it's beautiful. Just the humidity makes me feel like I can't breathe at all. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, how is it? Uh, how is it going with COVID down there? Because we've been seeing like crazy things on the news. Yeah, you know what's funny is like I don't want to dismiss COVID as like false. Like it is a real virus. It is what it is. Like a lot of people have been affected by it, but in Florida, for some reason, the cases have been like extreme, and I'm just wondering where it's at because. I don't like I go out <laughs> yeah. in public and I don't see anything. No, I mean, I've been I wearing a mask I never. I know. Well, and- they, they were crazy. they were they were saying that in New York. I mean, I w- when when it was getting really bad in New York, like I, w- I was still yeah. down in Texas, so I, I really wouldn't know. But I just feel like. It just keeps getting hyped up, but by this time it's summertime. Like I just I don't feel that it should. I just keep feeling like you, know? you would be seeing people walking around like coughing or like so you know. And like yeah. I get like they like suggest like everyone like they have to quarantine and shit like that. But like how often? When have people ever really listened to anything? Like the fact that you <laughs> I know, know what I mean. Yeah. So like I'm saying like like I feel like you would like go into a store and like there would be at least one dude probably yeah. in there coughing or something like nothing, dude. Like ever. So I'm like, I'm yeah. very confused as yeah. to like I feel like you'd be seeing more sick people and. Like, out of my, like, immediate friend group and, like, a lot of people around me, like, not a lot of people that I know have even... No one in my friend group has really gotten it. I don't really know anyone. I know know my my sponsor had a couple of close people to Uh him that actually passed away from it. So, like, I know it is legitimate, but, like... I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, it's, like... I don't know, like, I I guess guess it's kind of ignorant of me, but, like, for me, it's, like, I, I I just... 
I'm not scared of it. Like, I, for me, like, I, I still wear a mask when I go out. Of I respect for, like, other people and stuff like yeah. that. But for me personally, like, I still go out and, like, do my thing, like, yeah. very casually. And, like, I'm not – I don't really have any fear behind it or, like, I'm not really worried. You know? uh, I, I, I get that. I get that. You know, just – it's something, you know, we still got to be cautious about it. It's out there. And I think we're at the point now it's kind of we have to respect others. And that's yeah. really where it comes from. Right. But enough with the, the COVID talk because, honestly, <laughs> I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about it every five goddamn minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, so sneeze in a store by accident. You know, just, just, just the last point I want to make is that because I, I, I was in Austin, Texas when this whole thing started. And as I was driving up. I would go through Arkansas. I went into the outlets because I had to charge the car. Yeah. And we were in the outlets. You know, we were all just... Everyone was hanging out. No mask. You know, buying things. A couple of stores were closed. <laughs> that was it. Um, and then I got into Tennessee. You started seeing a few more masks. You know, people not so much with the social distancing. Like, the bars were open where you could sit down. And that was it. But by the time I got to New Jersey, everyone was like, yo, stay the fuck away from me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's just people from New Jersey. Same thing with New York. Everyone's probably. Like, Get the fuck probably. away from me, bro. But anyway, enough with the COVID talk. So... Victoria, um, why don't we start with just a little bit about your background, you know, what you do. Uh, we t I took a look at your YouTube channel and your Instagram. You, you have some really compelling things about motivation. Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you. So basically, I right now I currently create content on all social media platforms because personally I feel like you can use social media for either the better or for the worse. It just mm -hmm. depends on what you do with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always loved writing. I always loved helping people as a child. And through my own life experiences, I dealt with a lot of struggles, as we all do, and uh, it kind of motivated me with having a brother that was an addict. Um, you know, like, during my high school years, it became official, like, it was severe addiction, a lot worse than we all thought, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that kind of motivated me, motivated me to start speaking my truth and getting my message out on social media and taking advantage of the platforms. Mm -hmm. So that's what I currently do. I kind of coach other people um, with where they're at now and current, why they are where they are and what are right. the patterns that are continuing and why. When, now, when you say the coaching, is it is it mostly, for, like, are you coaching kids that are, like, maybe coming out of addiction or people who are surrounded by it? Like, who is, like, the goal person whenever you go to coach somebody? So I actually specialize in, a, like, a broad range of categories, so it's okay. not just, like, for people with addiction, but a lot of people that have... Uh, came to me for coaching it usually is about like dealing with family members like what do I yeah. do with them I think that that's the biggest thing, you know, because uh, obviously uh, the addicts they go through a lot But what everyone forgets is that, you know, when it's someone in your family it, You go th you go through it with them in the sense, you know, you're, you're constantly worrying about them At least at least from my own personal experiences like that's that's what I got out of it You know, I was I remember just because I can count on two hands the amount of people that I've lost to addiction in my family You know, I've, I've spoken I've spoken to my family. They're open with me talking about it, but it was a very, very emotional time for me. Yeah. You know, that's when I really started like doing poorly in school and right. it just, it made me see the world a different way, I guess, because I was yeah. just always down and depressed because I'm constantly worrying about this other person in my life. When yeah. I was like really, when I was really active in my addiction, mm -hmm. I like, uh, I didn't really notice the impact I had. Like I knew like, uh, obviously people were worried about me and stuff, but like I didn't really understand the extent of everything. Yeah. And when I was out in Arizona and I got clean, like the last time I was doing really well, and uh, they ha they sometimes suggest that you do this thing. It's called an impact letter, and you tell your family to pretty much like don't hold back. Like tell me how you really felt about how I was, and you know everything really? that was going on. Yeah, 
and it's like a t- and it's a chance for them to finally express their feelings, their side, where like they they shouldn't feel guilt behind anything. That no, they just write. to clarify that is now the, the impact letter. You write that to them, no, and then they, they respond. No, or? it's because like my side of the story is already you know they yeah. know my side of the story really you know so it's that comes to the ninth step you know just me making my amends. Right. But this is for them to be able to tell me like what my addiction did to them. Yeah, right. and uh, my mom wrote me one. Um, I think my mom wrote me one and Victoria, my stepsister wrote me mm. one and, uh, and I didn't really reach out to like, a, like I, I told my family, but like, I didn't really like, I didn't really like go so hard with like, um, you know, like pressing them to like do it. Like I kind of just like mentioned it and I was yeah. like, if they did, they did it. And I have it somewhere. I think it's emailed to me or something. I have it somewhere. Um, but yeah, they wrote like a lot and, you know, especially for like my step siblings, like Obviously, like, I'm close with them now and everything, like, but I felt like growing up, I didn't understand, like, I, I didn't think, like, my life affected theirs all too much, yeah. you know? But, like, Victoria, like, she opened up a lot and, you know, and, like, I, I realized, like, I really was being selfish in a lot of things I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, right. and uh, it made me realize a lot of things and, yeah. you know, it, it was good. Yeah, I have a question um, following that. So, when you asked them, like, how it made them feel with your addiction was there any like uh hesitance on their end because they didn't want to make it seem like they were trying to shame you or make you feel worse a little bit but i think my mom was ready to pull the trigger my mom didn't give a fuck my mom my mom's my mom's like i've been tired of your shit for years all right i'm ready (laughs) yeah my mom my mom mom was ruthless in her letter but it's what i needed you know because like i it's you really aren't supposed to hold back and and it's not also that the letter isn't like you're not supposed to be like, oh, you're a piece of shit, and like, right. and like, <laughs> right, right, and right. like, but essentially, yeah. At the same time, kind of, you know, state how you felt. It's it's how you felt, you know. And, it's a uh, completely open letter with complete yeah, honesty. Yeah, and it's and it's how you felt. So however you felt, I can't I can't be mad at your emotions. And like a right. lot of them were justified, you know. Like I can't be like, oh, how could you feel that way? Like I was doing a lot of scumbag shit, you know. So like, <laughs> right, it was warranted. <laughs> I love that. That's great that you guys were able to be open, and I feel like that definitely probably helped you on your healing journey. No. Yeah, it definitely it definitely like made me like even even after I relapsed this time and like I realized I was being self like it made me aware at least like I still right. did like I, I was still being selfish and like I was doing like I was you know like being but in now my it makes addiction you, think. you know it, it at least makes me aware you know of like what's going on like i i'm aware of what i'm doing but i still make those choices to yeah. like end up still like using and right you know going down the path i was going but i was aware that i was fucking up you know well right. I, I, th- I think at some point you know it, it also has to do with the fact that maybe that that's kind of the way i think that you get your closure as well i think yeah. it works both ways because at the end of the day unless you really truly know how these people felt about you yeah. and not to say that like you know they were like they, they felt bad or like they hated you or anything like that but I think that at, in any relationship when it does come down to the addict like there has to be that point where both of you sit down and just hash everything out yeah. and for some people I think that that impact letter is like I didn't even know about that which I think is great you know yeah. because that na- at that point both of you guys can have that clean slate this is how I felt this is everything that you put me through let's put it to rest and move forward with our lives yeah. yes so uh victoria just a little bit back to what you're doing um you would explain that you know going through addiction and, uh, and you know, not your personal addiction but your family member's addiction would you uh, would, would it be too much to like to go into that a little bit more yeah no that's not a problem so um actually 
not to put him on blast, but mm. if he ever hears this, sorry, Dad. But <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I've always had addiction run in my pro, uh, my family, like in our in our history on both sides of my family. So yeah. I think that definitely plays a role. And um, you know, like growing up, my dad wasn't around much. He worked a lot, and he was a big like drinker. So you oh, know wow. that affects you, your environment, and yeah. you kind of sometimes follow the same route that somebody else did. And uh, my brother was very close to my dad, so mm-hmm. I think with my brother, um, you know, you never really know what's going on in someone's life personally, how they're feeling, especially if you grew up like in a, an environment where your feelings were not really important or they were invalidated a lot. So you kind of internalize everything. You keep everything to yourself. And I think that's kind of what happened. Like we grew up in a very chaotic household, uh, very dysfunctional. And my brother definitely kept a lot to himself. And I feel like in our society, not to go off too far track, Mm -hmm. but our society for men, especially, I feel like growing up, they're always told to like suppress their feminine side of themselves, like their emotions and, you know, like uh, grow up get a a pair of balls and uh, stop (laughs) crying and whatever. And that really does damage a child at a young age. No, And this is not to put a blame on my parents, but in society in general, that's what's promoted. Yeah. I I mean, I I think when it, when it comes down to that, you know, from going back to my personal experience with it, you know, I, I, there was times where I was, I wouldn't say the word afraid, but it was more or less like, I just kind of acted like everything was okay. Yeah, you know, right. especially or especially around my friends, not so much my family. Just it was more the people around me. Like I had to put this facade on and be this person that I wasn't. And you know, through time, you know, you learn to get to get around that. But when you're going through it, though, I think that it the, sucks. It's no, it does yeah. suck. But at the same time, it's like the only way to get out of it is to talk about it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And whether it's with a therapist, with a friend, you just got to talk to somebody. You know, because the addict, exactly. yes, he's going through a lot, but with the things that they're going through, they will affect you if it's someone in your family or even someone that you're close to. You Absolutely. Know? And- yeah, and um, to continue what I was mm. going to say, I was going to say with my brother, you know, he had went through like a period of time like during high school years where he had, uh, he didn't really commit a lot in relationships and he had like a very long re- relationship and... Mm. Um, he kind of got really screwed over, but it wasn't just that. It was like at the same time, my grandmother that we were very close with had passed away from oh. stage four stomach cancer. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's okay. You know, it happens. It's yeah. life. But um, yeah, so like I think that really affected him because it was literally at the same exact moment that he found out that he was getting cheated on the whole time. Oh my God. Jesus. Yeah, so it was, I felt for him and um, that's when I realized he kind of started isolating himself. He was hiding in his room 24-7 and I thought it was maybe just depression, but like even when friends would knock on the door, he would hide from them. Like he would say, just tell them I'm not around. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, being like a naturally sensitive person, I could feel his emotions. Right. And um, I was always close with him. You know, I always looked up to him because I was the youngest. I followed him around everywhere. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, at first we thought it was just like, you know, he was just messing around with Xanax because that's what he told us. Yeah. And what I realized is addicts are very good at lying. Yeah. Yep, we are. They're very manipulative to get what they want. And um, like when you are an addict, you have one thing on your mind and it's getting high again. Yeah. yeah. 
And so we had sent him to rehab the first time and in Florida when we were in New York. And we thought it was just for Xanax, and he came back home. He was okay for a few days. And then um, one night he started throwing up like crazy all over the floor. Oh, my and God. Like, What's going on? And then he, like, opened up and said he took, like, blues or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. and then so that's when we are like, okay, you know, you need to get help again. And then he went back to rehab. It was only like a 30-day program thing. And I right. remember this so clearly. I came home from, uh, it was like one of my last days of high school. And uh -huh. I always had my eye on him because I was always the one looking out for him. I was kind of like parenting him. And I just remember hearing sniffing coming from his room. And I was like, oh, no. He literally just got back from rehab. What yeah. could this be? No. And so I like crept up the stairs and um, peeped in like his door because it was open a crack. And he was basically like passed out like, overdosed almost oh while sniffing heroin and uh that traumatized me like i literally was trying to take pictures of it like to show my parents like i'm not kidding like he's literally going to die and he actually was high and when my parents had confronted him he was like he tried lying at first but then he was like you're right like i just want to die oh my god i'm so sorry and that about broke that. my heart yeah no. I mean, I did now just just to put some reference to that. Did he did he end up getting through it? Yes, thank God yeah. we had an intervention. Mm -hmm. um, people that had been addicts in the past that had their own like company helping other addicts came over and spoke to him that night, and they were like, "Listen, we don't care if you don't want to go, you have to go." Yeah. And they sent him on a flight to Hollywood, Florida, like the next day. And was um, it the if you don't mind me asking, was it the place in Malibu? What, um, passages you know what? I'm not sure, but I know it was a beautiful place. The, the only reason that I bring that up is because, you know, the family members that did go through rehab, they, they went through six or seven times. And yeah. I actually personally have a problem with inpatient rehabs because that passages Malibu place. It, it's like a fucking resort over there. Right. Like, like you it go there. Takes it's, you out it, of your environment. No, exactly my point. And you go there, and they're taking you to the movies. You got a full gym. You're, you're eating like yeah, five star great. meals. <laughs> and the the pro the issue that I have with it is that yes, when you're in recovery and you're trying to recover, you that's need great. That and initially, I, 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 initially, no, I don't think you need that initially. I part. The, let me just finish what I was saying. Okay. The reason is because you're in a place that you're always going to be happy because everything's being served to you. You don't have to hold down a job. You have no problems. Well, right. what happens the day you get back and you got got to be stuck in traffic for an hour and a half, or your boss pisses you off, or exactly. if you own a business and your employees are pissing you off? Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do at that point? Because they didn't teach you how to be a recovered addict outside of recovery. Well, a lot of it actually, right. like when you when I, I get what you're saying, and uh, you know, from me being in rehab multiple times, like they don't. They they try to teach you how to like how what you're gonna do to go back into everyday life, but mm -hmm. like obviously yeah you're taken away from everything and you are in a safe space, so like you do get this uh, form of comfort. But um, what they try to do is like realistically when you get out of rehab, like what they suggest for you to do, because all they really can do is they just say they suggest because they can't really tell you to do anything, you know. So they suggest that you go to a meeting, you get a sponsor, and you start doing step work. And whether you follow those rules or not, like, that's that's going to be on you and your journey, you know. And, like, for me, that's what I needed to do in order to, like, really stay connected with people. Because, like, yeah. and you can't, like, anyone can just, like, get clean. Like, you know what I mean? Like, get clean, stop using drugs. The, pro the problem isn't stopping using drugs. It's staying stopped. Oh, okay. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. not like, it's not like 
because anyone can just like put it down like it's hard to put it down i'm not saying it's like that easy but like anyone can just like put down the drugs the problem is when life gets real and shit happens you want to get high like and yeah. and for me i, I don't that. yeah you know like for me i didn't necessarily need to get high when bad things were happening for me i'd wake up and it was raining it's like i want to get high oh the right. sun's out it's beautiful out i want to get high you know like it didn't matter right. it's just like I, I i would use anything to get high i was like oh it's a great day it's a great day to get yeah. high you know like yeah so it just everyday life hits and like that's where you know step work and like and being connected with people that you could talk to and like tell mm-hmm. them how you're feeling you know it, it really it keeps you in line you know okay. right and if you right. don't do that then obviously like it's a lot harder yeah. to like try to do it on your own you uh, know of course so anyway all right um so now uh when people are looking for you like on instagram and youtube like what can they expect you know is it just motivational speeches or is it more of like a like a therapeutic setting you know where you're like talking to them about addiction like like what is like what is the goal of your content so the goal of my content is really to serve people with the wisdom because I get a lot of uh, downloaded wisdom, if you want to say, um, that I know comes from a higher source, if you want to say. Like, it definitely does not come from my own limited brain. And, um, you know, I think we all are connected to the infinite God source, whatever you want to call it. And I've always had that gift of old wisdom where, like, I didn't know where it came from, but... Um, I would kind of tap into it and I knew immediately like I could not keep it to myself. So that's the messages I share uh, mainly. But recently I've been really focusing on like the uh, self-healing journey journey because we all have the capability to heal ourselves from old um, childhood conditioning and trauma. Now that you bring that up, because I remember when we had spoken earlier um, about that, do do you feel that addiction is something that you are born with, or is it something that that is really taught to you as you go through, like as you go through maybe a childhood trauma or something that happens? Where do you think addiction starts? That's a great question because a lot of people have different theories on that, and um, I think there are many different ways people develop addictions and into why they do. But you know, like if your mom was. A, a daily like user on heroin or something and she's pregnant with you I feel like that could fuck you up if you come out the womb you know um, otherwise I feel like a lot of it does come from your environment if you were nurtured correctly if you were um, you know just kind of parented correctly and you were around a group of people that could support you and uh yeah, I think that a lot of it does come from trauma and um, a lack of self-love. I also feel like addiction, it's not necessarily just to drugs. I feel like you could anyone could get addicted to anything. That's true. And it, it's more of like a personality trait than uh, an actual a drug problem. Because you can get addicted to like playing video games, eating too much food. There's like so many different things that people are addicted to. And it's really just comes down to the person. And if you have an addictive personality and you go out with your friends one night and you try something and you like it and you already have that addictiveness in you, mm-hmm. you're going to get addicted to that too because it's already in you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely believe that because, you, you, well, first of all, sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that I didn't yeah. know. It's like that is the number one thing that people are addicted to and they're like, oh, I don't have a problem with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. But when you're cramming down chocolate bars at 2 o'clock in the morning when you get the munchies, <laughs> like that's a problem. You no, know, you know, it's crazy. I had a therapist at one point when I was like really bad with Xanax uh-huh. and uh, 
and she was and she had like a bad like uh, addiction to like sugar and everything like that and she would try to tell me how like it was hard for her to not eat cake and things like that and I'm like and she's almost comparing it to like not like trying to compare it but like in a way she is like to like my addiction like with like drugs I'm like yeah, but do you, like chocolate cake doesn't make you feel the way Xanax makes me feel. You know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, but like, it, it, but it's true. But like, that was me being ignorant to like her problem, you know? And yeah. uh, because it, it, realistically, it's all the same. An addiction is an addiction, whether it is like I, there's this there's this one girl that I know that goes to meetings, and uh, I'm not gonna say her name or anything. Right, right, but right. I, honestly, I don't even know her name. I just know her by face. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But apparently she she's just in there for sugar and stuff like that. And a lot of really? people and a lot of people look at her very uh, weirdly. Wow. You know, wow. like people are very like skeptical thing. about it. People are very skeptical about it. Where it's like, oh, are you really here? Because like you have a problem, or, like you just need like friends. Like, and I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah. why does it really matter? I'm like, just let her be here. Like, it, like, right. who, like who's it's it hurting? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, who's it hurting? Right. You know, and then just like, I, like I don't give a shit. Like, if you come to a meeting and like you're there, like. Like, they have, like, open meetings and closed meetings and, like, closed meetings where it's, like, you wouldn't bring, like, a family member to that's not an yeah. addict. Like, but, like, an open meeting, yeah, it's fine. But, like, regardless, I, I, if you come to a meeting, like, you're there for one reason or another, you know, whether you're an addict or not. I feel like all of them should just, you know, that that's – it's between you and whoever you believe in, you know, and that's uh, that's why I think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, like, the most common like, addiction I would, that's not really, like, a bad addiction is, I would say, coffee. I was just oh, a lot of people don't like to talk about that. No, not but, at all. But there's some people like if you, they don't have coffee in the morning, they they have a headache all day. That's yeah, me. That's <laughs> <laughs> like me personally. Oh, you know what? You know what was crazy? I was in a GNC once because I had to just I had to pick up like some protein powder, and there was this girl in there, and she was talking to the guy. She's like, "Hey, I need stronger stuff." He had given her, like, the strongest pre-workout that you could have. She was like, I'm taking four scoops of this before I go to the gym. The guy asked her, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? Nine. That's insane. Oh, my God. From 8 o'clock in the yeah. morning to 5 in the afternoon, this girl is drinking nine cups of goddamn coffee. I'm drinking, like, three Damn. bangs a day at a time Me when personally? I was working. You like that bang energy crap? I used to. Oh, oh my, my God. God. You manly with cotton candy, huh? Yeah, yeah, Mandy. Like me personally, I've never had (laughs) coffee in my life. Yeah, really? No, I got seriously. I had like a sip, but the whole thing. That's like the craziest thing I think I've ever heard. Yeah, people look at you like three heads. Because when I was younger, like I was, like I was, my mom would go get it, and Mm -hmm. she's like, "No, you're too young. It'll stunt your growth. All that, all that (laughs) shit. Still short, whatever." That's so funny. Great, man. So I just never, I never had it, and then. People go, oh, you want coffee? I, I, I didn't even know where to start. Like, there's so many different options. I'm like, which one? Do, which one do I pick? I'm like, you know what? I, it's been, it's been 17 years. I'm, not, I'm just not gonna deal with that. Your yeah, first experience man. should be your first experience should be a nitro yeah. coffee from Starbucks. Yeah, bro. I, nitro, I hey, that's what that's my go-to every day. I had a funny yeah, story with that. So, oh, Duncan's mine all day. Duncan, I'll tell you after he's done. I'll tell you why I hate Duncan. Continue. Okay. Well, so my first week of work, um, I I had to go get breakfast for everybody. Uh huh. And one of the guys wanted a coffee. So he told me what he wanted. I've never ordered a coffee before in my life. <laughs> 23 years old, never ordered a coffee before in my oh life. Oh, my God. And so I go in there. It's, it's like this deli down the block. And I tell him what he wants for the coffee. And then they go, oh, you got to make it over there. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, I made this guy coffee. I, I just kind of put shit together. He, he didn't complain about it, but I can guarantee that was probably the worst coffee he's ever had. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Oh I don't even. 
well, you, you had know, to put you know, it all together yourself. That didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Oh my god. Nobody helped. I didn't. I didn't want to ask them how to make it. I didn't want to. There's like ten people in there. I didn't want to be that guy. Well, they did you so, dirty. I, I think I you just would be the first guy ever. Can somebody show me how to help make coffee? What, 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 dude, you, you get the coffee, you put milk, and you add sugar. It's you not know, that it, hard. It's, it's not that hard if you made coffee before in your life. Oh, my God. Like, I was, like he couldn't just got black. Like Jesus. Like, so I, it was like he wanted like half and half. I wonder about you. I really do. This is making so me wonder. <laughs> I don't know if I did this right. I still don't. Like, I put so I 75% of the cup, I put coffee, and then I put a little bit of half and half yeah. in it. And then that was it. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's about how you do it. That's it's about how much. you make a cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah, complete madness, guys. We're doing coffee <laughs> tutorials now. Next episode coming out this week on YouTube. Hey, YouTube, but I'll probably be an expert. <laughs> yeah, you know, yo, you know how I know I was I was an addict. Even like I know I was thinking about this today, and like that's funny that we brought up like caffeine and like coffee because when I was younger and we'd be in Target, like me and my mom or whatever. I would want, I would beg her to buy me a five-hour energy shot. Like, and like, I would like get monsters anytime I could. My dad hated that I drank them. Like, I used to have cans. Like, collected dude, you know that own. there's 17 tablespoons of sugar in one can of Monster. Oh, I used that to no shit way. is garbage. Yeah, I used to drink That's them religiously. Disgusting. And uh, but I it tastes um, like Robitussin. Yeah, well, Monster now I don't like. I like the flavored ones. I, I drink oh Red Bull God. religiously, but. But anyway, so I, I remember always because I always just wanted to feel so, like I I loved feeling like the the you know just a rush the from rush. caffeine or whatever rush. you know anything <laughs> and like I noticed like as a kid like like I, now I noticed you know I was like I was really an addict like even back then like anything to get out of my body like oh to get God. out of myself I was yeah. willing to do like I would beg my mom for one of these five hour energy shots I'm like five hour energy shot. It's got to be like 10 monsters. I'm like, that shit's got to feel crazy. <laughs> I'm like, that's, 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 the, that's the heroin right? of energy drinks right there, right, baby? Like, I was, <laughs> I was trying to be You're like, sick. You're I was sick. like, I was like, I want one of these so bad. I was like, if you drink two of them, is that 10 hours or is that just double the amount of energy in the five You're hours? You're doing the math and everything. <laughs> oh You're sick. But anyway, you know what ruined coffee for, I'm sorry, ruined Dunkin' Donuts for me? What? I know exactly you, you, what this you is. Remember, this you is remember. I was a freaking <laughs> asshole for nine months because of that job. I, I, I Oh, yeah, you worked at, at 21 years old, I got, a, I got a GM position at the McDonald's across the street from Farmingdale. I was running the whole store. I was like, this is lit. You know, the pay so is great. About it when I was. Got no, it. I, was, it was, it was, I was ecstatic. I was like, dude. For about a week. Dude, they, they gave me a store. They gave yeah. me a store. I was like, this is going to be oh, awesome. Like, I'm going to like be able to run my own business. You know, At least this will be the steps to eventually running my own business when I wanted to get into the food industry this job killed that dream for me <laughs> literally <laughs> killed that right dream for me guy. they had me work and i and i get it it's coffee hours but they had me working from four o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night while i told them i was in school full-time running the shit for the fraternity like i was losing my goddamn mind and then on top oh, I of know. <sighs> Dude, I I probably blew up at Angelo at least nine or ten times during the, during those months, and it wasn't like a like like yo fuck off like it it was bad it it was really bad. But how'd you go to school? So here's the thing, <laughs> I ended up because I got the job in January, and we didn't start school until February. So what I ended up doing was like, all right, let me go talk to my professors because my whole thing like like I'm a bullshitter through and through. Like I can get myself out of any situation. A hundred percent, bro. I'll come with that. It. I'm a whole guinea. It's <laughs> it what comes happens. With the genes. <laughs> but so I go well, to the professors. I'm like, listen, I just got a job. All right, I gotta pay for school. I can't be here like three out of the f three out of the four days. Can I just get the notes from somebody and show up when I gotta take the tests? 
two out of three professors said yes, and then I ended up dropping the the fourth class. I mean the third wow. class. So yeah. I was taking. So I ended up going down to two classes, and I think I might have taken one online too, which was easy enough. You know, you just did that on the weekends. Yeah, mm-hmm. But when I saw the facility on how Dunkin' Donuts makes their eggs. I lost don't my even tell mind. me. I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah, get into it. I love the bacon. Egg Actually, no. Songs. You kind of have to tell me. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. <laughs> just nah, don't ruin it for me. Victoria. It's listen. It's not bad, but <laughs> you know what? They are a giant chain. All right. They are a manufacturing business, and it's how it's done. You know, they. they it's all machine made. You know, it's just they, they drop the egg in. It is a real egg. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but. Because the only way that you can get it to be a real egg is, you know, with with the yolk and then the white. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be a real egg. You can't do that powdered, but. The sausage is what really got me. They, those things used to come 500 to a fucking box, man. 500 sausages they, I mean, in a box. They look like it. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. And then, and then they're like, yeah, we have the halal turkey sausage for the people who can't eat pork. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that shit is not halal, man. No Ew, way. what was my, it? it? I don't know. It, it was just a square piece of sausage, and I've never seen a square sausage in my freaking life. I, I, I just didn't understand it. I just didn't understand it. <laughs> See, but, that's why I don't eat meat. That's that's a reason uh, why no, I don't no, eat no, meat. Let me ask you: Did you were you are you vegan or vegetarian? Vegetarian. Vegetarian. I feel like vegan's too hard. It is very it's hard. It's so fucking hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. But now let me let me ask you because did you see the the documentary on Netflix that Arnold Schwarzenegger did? Um, oh my God, what is it called? Uh, we're going to get the name in a second. Search the name for me, please. Just uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger do- uh, documentary uh, about about food. Um, but I th- the first 20 minutes of it, it was going through how the uh, – this kind of relates to mental health too with the, with the things you eat, and that's what they talk about in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that the gladiators, they ran tests on their bones, and they were like the gladiators were vegetarians. Like the Roman here. gladiators, they were strong people. And really? they did not eat meat. You know, they ran all the tests. They had all the data there. Did you get the name? Yeah, the Game Changers. The Game Changers. That was it. Oh, okay. I, I highly recommend this because my sister was also just reading a book. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have that email to you afterwards. I got to get all this information down, man. There's so much, so many things. Yeah, hey, like, you were on us about getting everything down. Well, and- I didn't think we were going to start talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but... I just like the I I, per, I can say from personal experience that when I eat a fatty ass cheeseburger, I feel like shit the rest of the day. Listen, that's right? Why I always feel, that's why I, I always feel like shit. Opposite. I can eat a burger three meals a don't day. Don't you feel sleepy day. and like? Don't you feel sleepy and tired? No. Yeah, it wakes sluggish. Me up. It wakes. You're me disgusting. Up. So wait, what is you? Always feel like shit. What what is, do you still eat fish, Victoria, or no? Oh, I've never eaten fish, so really? that was never a problem. And I'm Italian, so people are always surprised by that. Yo, Christmas Christmas must be hard for you, because, you know, Christmas is supposed to be for the seven <laughs> fishes. That must be really hard for you. Oh, my God, it is, because they always have that on a platter. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> Just now, get me the pasta. <laughs> Let me ask you, were you always vegetarian, or was it something you switched to? No, I actually wasn't always vegetarian. But the funny thing is, is, like, even when I did eat meat, I would always see, like, Whatever it was on my plate, like, and I would just think about it, like, ew, I'm actually eating a fucking animal. Like, what if this was my dog? Like, this is basically the same thing as eating a dog. Chinese food, it might be. Oh my god, don't do that! Don't do that. (laughs) It is right. Yeah, apparently. Well, I know in uh, there's certain cultures like in Asia where like it's horrible. They have like this thing where they will actually like torture. The, they believe that like torturing the animals before uh, killing them will make the meat taste better. Yeah, I know. I've seen oh, that. It's messed videos. up, and they well, do it with dogs I don't dogs understand and the logic like behind that, though. Well, well that's another that thing. Is like, I don't know. Um, you know, like, because I'm very spiritual. I'm sure you know that. So, like, 
So that's the other reason why I switched over was because I realized like you're literally consuming the consciousness of the animal that was literally tortured before they got killed. Like, and that just disgusts me. Like I already have enough hormones in my body. I don't need extra hormones from a slaughtered fucking animal. Well, you're a better person than me because all American <laughs> is really good. <laughs> Listen, I'm not knocking all American either. All American is delicious, but oh I just... my god, I miss all American so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even lie. Like I but... probably would splurge just for all American. Oh my god, but you know, the, the one thing that I, that all the CEOs say is that it's it's the way they eat. And it starts in the morning with their workouts, the way they eat. And I honest to God, I think that's part of the reason to that add to their success. You know, it's because they have these healthy diets. They're eating the food that they're supposed to be eating. And that's how they have the energy to get through the day. You know, because right. if you're de- if you're an already depressed person and you're eating like shit, a cheeseburger is not going to make you want to get up and go see the freaking world and have a great day. No, that's why I'm no. always miserable. You're going back to bed. That's why my diet is my diet's horrible. I'll do I'm anything for a cheeseburger. You're I'm sick the in the opposite. head. But, I, but I'm addicted to Chipotle, so like... Chipotle's not that bad. Chipotle's no, not that not bad. Not horrible, Chipotle, but still, like, not it's all, about it. The burrito I get is like queso and guac and everything on it. It comes out to like $16. Oh my God. <laughs> so like, I really can't afford... So you get my fix every day. I'm going to have to start robbing people. I'm start robbing people for Chipotle. You're sick in the head, man. (laughs) Shoulder tapping outside Chipotle. Yo, man, let me just get some guac, bro. Let Let me me just get some. (laughs) Guac is bomb, though. I know. I love guac. I love guac. So, anyway. Let's get back to the addiction Yeah, back to the addiction Yeah, sorry, guys. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, I guess right now, you know what? I'll just go into some of the statistics. And this is actually really interesting. Yeah, pull that shit up. <laughs> There's 30, 35 million people each year become addicts. All right. Wow. After that, one in seven of them will actually get treatment. But here's the thing. In 2017, it was 29.5, and now it's 35 million. But the sickest part about all this, 21 million of those people are in the United States. Wow. Yeah, I actually didn't know that when Mind we looked blown. that up. When we looked that up the other day and you yeah. showed me that, that's actually nuts. That's that makes me wonder why, like, what's going on here that we don't know about. We had theories. We we like looking at. We were like talking about how, like, in England, in England, it's very, uh, you know, drinking is very socially acceptable. Like, they start drinking at like really young ages and stuff over there. Over and you know, just what is it? What the United. United, United Nations. United, United, no, United the UK, United Kingdom. United Kingdom. United Kingdom. Oh, United Kingdom. Dumbass. Dumbass. Well, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, just, like, over there in general, like, drinking's, like, very sociable, and, like, they uh, they start pretty young, and then even at 16, they can, like, kind of start walking the bars, and, you know, it's not... I, I, I just... I start to think, like, is it really we just have that many addicts over here is there a lot more addicts but like over here we just acknowledge it a lot easier because yeah. not like within our culture to just be like drinking like at such a young age and everything mm. like that you know what i mean well i think it more has to do with the fact that you know all right we, this is we spoke I know, I, yeah I remember, I remember your point yeah, yeah they're taught from a very young age how to handle alcohol yeah so right. you know alcohol and cigarette and cigarettes too because kids smoke kids smoke in Europe you know my, my entire family all sm- started smoking at 12 years old but mm-hmm. that's besides the point but since they start so young and they're with their parents it's socially acceptable for them to be around everybody and enjoy a cocktail enjoy a yeah. drink and I think that's what it has to do with why their numbers are so much lower than ours okay that they makes sense. are trained they are they are trained socially 
that it's acceptable so that way when they turn 16 or 17 and they've never had a drink in their life and we're not promoting underage drinking but the fact of the matter is kids drink under the age all right, right. It, 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 it it happens i don't give a shit what you tell me if you if you guys tell me i'm wrong for saying that it it happens and you yeah. know so why is it that instead of hiding it from our kids and scaring them and saying like you're going to get into a drunk driving accident if you drink or you're going to end up addicted everything like that why aren't we teaching them the proper way to drink and i think that's what the difference is that's why just gonna say that. in europe the numbers that. are so much lower yeah. because, yeah. because you, you know them, like how like you're a child and you're told like not to do something you want to do it now that exactly. you told me i'm not going to mm-hmm. do it i'm going to do it right you know, it, it it just it has to do, it has to do with being rebellious. I was a, yeah. I was a rebellious kid. That's why that's why I spl- I spurred the fuck out when I turned 16, 17 years old and realized what freaking a Corona tasted like. Exactly. Right. Corona's delicious, by the way. I love that stuff. I didn't even really like. I never really liked the taste of beer. I just knew it got me messed me up. Neither. I liked Mike's hard lemonade <laughs> but as it's a kid. True. <laughs> yeah. You know? We're yeah, it makes sense. It really does make sense. Like, there's definitely a psychological thing behind it that like nobody really is consciously aware of. That's that, that's personally why I think like like in high school you know my I went to Catholic high school, but the professor oh, the, the, the teachers no 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 listen 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 the <laughs> teachers and the professors there were not good Catholics at all, so every year we had to write uh, six term papers that were ten pages long each because I went to college prep school it was complete bullshit, Jesus and that terrible. but they gave us a list of topics and. The topic I always did was medical marijuana should be legal. Got A's on everything. Right. But another another popular topic that a lot of kids did was should we lower the drinking age? And that's really where I started yes. d- uh, dwelling into this and started realizing that, you know what? Maybe something's got to change. You know, we should start educating people on how, on how to drink and how to drink properly so that way all these accidents don't happen down the line when they're in college. But I agree. I, the biggest example I had, though, was this kid was a die-hard Catholic, followed the Ten Commandments, followed everything. And if you do that, by all means, I respect you. You found God. It's awesome. But he never had sex in his life. His parents never taught him about sex. He went to college. A month later, he came home because he got a girl pregnant. Oh, my God. And it was against his religion to abort it. So he could not get rid of the child. And I, again, I fully respect that. And I think, I think it was great what he did, but his entire life got sidelined and he had to, and he now works in a factory. Wow. Yeah. And I'm kid, sure he literally feels so much regret and resentment towards every fucking commandment. I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> I, no, I mean, he, he probably, listen, I don't know what he does. I, I, she lost touch with him, but that just goes to show you that, you know what? You have to prepare your kids for life, you know? You can't just hide the world from them. It's out there. It's going to happen. Because that's when mistakes get made. Do you think if that kid kid knew how how to have proper sex or even maybe not to have sex at all? Or knew what a condom was? Right. You know, if that would have happened, his whole life got twisted upside down. For one mistake yeah, in one night. Or, or even that, like, he, if he knew, he would have known what a plan B was. <sighs> yeah. Like, is yeah. that is that technically an abortion, though? I, I, I'm i not getting into that conversation because I'm not educated enough on plan B. Yeah. So, but... Neither I, am I. Yeah, you know? I use it as plan A. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please, I'm just kidding. please. The last thing we need Jesus is the last thing we need is just the, kidding. The last thing we need is the Catholic Church coming after us, man. <laughs> no, a little jolly. No, no, who actually said that joke though? I'm not even. Gonna, Amy Schumer said that joke. Oh, of course think, she did. I think it's the funniest thing ever. That's why I always say it. <laughs> I don't know, um, Victoria. What's your take on all this? On addiction. Yeah, on addiction. 
on what on train on addiction training uh, kids when they're younger about addiction because like it's just it's not talked about enough you know right yeah I mean that's a really good question and you know I never really deeply thought about that but I think if um if it was more normalized I guess to to tell your children from like a young age that like listen shit happens in life and like people do go down these um, paths that later they may regret, but um, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but just be prepared that this can fuck up your life, you know, like, so if you ever need an escape, like, and you, and you th- even think about making that your escape, like, please come t- feel comfortable enough to talk to me or somebody else about how you're feeling and why. When I was like, my, my little brother, he's 14 now. And, uh, you know, when this last time I, I had, I was clean, I had I had 16 months. I was doing really well, and um, you know he ended up. Once I relapsed, we ended up like talking, you know, and like I was telling him like you know things are different this time. Like I'm just, you know, because like he was worried. He doesn't he doesn't talk about a lot of things. You know, he's very to himself. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I I talked to him when he found out because I didn't want him to worry. And like at the time, I really I truthfully thought in my head like I could do this normally this time. And uh, he ended up telling me he smoked weed. I'm like, why didn't you tell me before? And he's like, well, I didn't want you to worry. I didn't want you, you know, I didn't want you to, you know, you just Tell like, mom and dad? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're 14. Like, I, like, what took you so long? I started at like 12, dude. <laughs> no, but like, no, no, I was like, no, but I was like, you know, for you, I was like, listen, like, drugs are a thing. You know, I'm not telling you not to do them. Drugs are bad. Listen, and I want you to always tell me about what you're doing. Yeah. I don't want you to feel scared to come to me. Um... You know, I, I, I just, I, I hope that you're safe. I, I can't tell you not to do anything because, like, obviously, like, you're going to experiment. Like, that's what it's right. like to be a kid, you know, and uh, and you're going to grow up and you're going to experiment. And you're going to do your thing. And, you know, I just want you to pretty much, like, come to me if you if you ever need anything. And, like, don't feel scared just because I'm clean or, like, whatever. And, uh, and like, you feel weird talking to me about drugs. Like, dude, like, I've been through the ringer. Like, I get it. And I just, I tried to explain to him, like, just be mindful that, like, this like addiction runs in the like runs in the family and that i'm not saying you're an addict but you know it's very it's very easy from it go from being fun and games to to real quick like you don't know where your your life went and you know you're you're where i am you know and he was like no i get it i'm just like just be careful i'm like i'm like you know what enjoy and enjoy being your age you know like i I wish like i was like he has a lot of friends he plays sports you know and like i felt like in high school like i did I ended up, like, falling into the burnout crowd, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. I didn't really get to, in, like, really enjoy just being, like, a kid. Like, everything, like, immediately became self-absorbed around drugs. And when he was yeah. telling me, he's like, you know what? I didn't really like smoking weed. I'm like, neither did I, but I kept fucking doing it. I don't know why. Like, it made yeah. me paranoid and yeah. anxious, but I would still do it anyway. Just I wanted to fit in. And, right. uh, you know, uh, that's why I just tried to instill that in him. And, uh, and you know we we talked a lot about it. And I ended up telling my dad. My dad, my dad now is like back back like a couple of years ago. Like you, that's not something you tell him. But like recently, out of nowhere, my dad just became like super chill. Like he drank. Like I never seen him drink a day in my life up until about the past like two years. Like now he's out on the boat. He drinks. He smokes weed. The other days that he was talking <laughs> to me about microdosing shrooms. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to try shrooms. Like I swear, like my dad. My dad's hysterical now, but uh. But yeah, I told my dad. I'm like, don't tell him I told you. I was like, he's like, no, nah, let him tell me. So we were we were all on the boat. It was me, my dad, my brother, and him. And I was like, I was like, I was like, my dad left the room. I told him, I'm like, yo, tell dad. And he's like, 
no, no, no. I'm like, I'm like, I promise he won't get mad. And he's like, all right, all right. So he tells him, he's like, and he goes, yeah, Dylan already told me. And he goes, <laughs> and, he looked at, and he looked at me like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh I'm like, dude, God. I knew he wasn't gonna be mad. And he's like, he's like, all right, all right. And he's, and like, there my dad was that trust. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> like my dad was asking him about it though, and he was just like, so how'd you feel? Like, how was it? And he's just like, I didn't really like it. And he's like, yeah, I don't really like it either. And again, my dad's still like, but I still do it anyway. I don't know what that is. So I guess I get yeah. that from my fucking dad. But yeah, yeah I just, that's you know, so funny. I try. I feel to, like it takes off the shame from. Uh, you know, like there's a lot of shame around doing something and, and like when you feel shame, it kind of progresses into the cycle of addiction even more. Exactly, because you start you start to at an early age you start to become sneaky with it because you don't want people to know what's going on with you really and especially if you're doing that and you feel shame behind it. You know, a lot of, like my friends well the first time I smoked weed I was thirteen and like my close friends I went to elementary school with were not about that shit at all. Like they bullied the fuck out of me. What? Wait, mm. because, because you smoked weed? Yeah, because you I smoked. smoked weed. Really? Bullied mm-hmm. me about it. Like, like, and you know, it was just teasing and shit. But like, you know, like a lot of them, like, you know, you could tell that. And like the, the whole time, it pissed me off. I'm like, when you guys, like, wait till we get to high school. I bet all you guys smoke weed. All they all smoked weed. They all smoked weed. They all smoked weed. They all smoked weed. And uh, that's what got me so mad. And, like, they, no. they you know, it, it, it hurt me a lot growing up because, like, it, 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 you know, it took a toll on me. Like, my dad's emotional. Like, my mom's not really. My dad, I got my emotional side from my dad. Yeah. And, like, I am emotional. Like, I, I'm I'm very in touch with my feminine side, I guess. <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, a, that's a good thing. thing. But, no, yeah, it's beautiful, bro. I'm, I'm very emotional. And uh, so it would it would show a lot. Like, I, I would, you know, I was always like... I, what happened was when I was younger, like my mom would always like yell at me in front of my friends and make me cry. So later Aww. on in life, yeah, later and like my friends would like tease me for it. And later on in life, whenever I would get in an argument with someone or if I was about to get into a fight, tears would well up in my eyes. Really? And it, would, and it was uncontrollable. Like I couldn't help it. And it would make right. me even, it would make me so much madder because like, yeah. it's like, how, how am I supposed to talk? And like my voice starts to crack and like, how am I supposed mm-hmm. to, how am I supposed to argue with this person and, and about to fight them if, I'm, if I'm, if I can't talk and I'm know. tearing up. Like because you're getting nervous. It's it 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 was conditioned yeah. in you for I that never, to happen. I never knew that that was linked. And it was one day I was in treatment. It was the second time I went. And I'm laying in bed, and they they always ask you like, oh, you have any traumas? You know all this stuff, and they always ask mm-hmm. you about things like that. And yeah. uh, you know, like I, I was just laying in bed, and like out of nowhere, it just clicked. And like I, I just thought about when I was a kid, and like my mom, and like it all just like it all just came all to fruition, memories. right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm not. Yeah. This isn't to say my mom was. You know, she just she just yelled. You know, she wasn't a bad mother. She just she's Italian, right? Yeah, my mom was. Italian, yeah, of course so, she fucking. Yeah, yeah, that's all the Italians do. My dad, my dad's <laughs> Irish and a bunch of other. My dad's far from Italian as it comes. My dad's pasty. So so yeah, my dad was emotional. My mom just you know she yells. So so. It just it, it affected me as a kid. So like growing up, it, that's that's just what happened with me, and that's right. why like my brother, my little brother, just got caught vaping again. Like he, she he, must have fucking had a field dude, day with that. Lost it on him, and oh uh, and like I, and then he got caught. He's this is the third time he's been caught. He got caught about almost a year ago now. How does he get caught? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> he well, I, I used to. I can't even say it. Cause I used to get caught smoking weed every other day. Yeah, but that, like that's true. But I feel like weed's a little different. It smells, you know. But like, <laughs> but. He just got caught like two weeks ago. You know, my mom, you know what scared me? My mom, my mom's like, I need to talk to you when you get home. And like, she brings me to a room and she opens up her drawer and she starts pulling things out. Oh my God. And it oh just no. gave me like flashbacks of like, I thought I got in trouble for something. Like I didn't, like in my head, like I'm like, am I getting, like I, I almost like felt huh. like, am I getting high again? She just found my Flashback. drugs. Like, like that's what it felt like. I was like, oh, did she just find my drugs? And you know, so ended up. Like she shows me the vape stuff, and then two weeks later, 
he uh like just the other day he gets caught again and like i tried talking to him like listen like i'd rather you smoke weed and drink than than do this shit i'm like i this is the one thing i wish i never got into was like smoking same here man it, it's it's the worst thing dude, my, my, first my breathing thing, is horrible dude. ever since i've been people. it's horrible ever since i've been getting these fake freaking the I'm not bars? Do- yeah the puff bars I don't want to say we'll probably bleep it out but whatever yeah. the jewels but no 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 because like up, up here up here they up here they they the 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 government fake um I'm sorry they banned all the flavors yeah they banned all the flavors oh. but now all the shops are getting the fake ones in which are like fifty times worse for you oh, but no. this is what everybody's turning to at this point because they, they they just need to vape you know right and I think I think that's honestly got an even worse idea. You're taking it away it from them, so people are gonna figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, With anything will. else, just like anything else. You know, but to go back to it, listen. Everything that you say, that you said about you know your childhood and everything like that. What is like? Do you think that all of that needed to happen to to get to the point that you're at right now? When people always ask me, like, and, I, and like, I wish, like, I really meant it when I said it, where I was like, oh, I wouldn't change anything because, like, it got me where I am now. Yeah. And, like, a part of me wishes I meant that because, like, truthfully, I, I, I'm doing relatively well, you know, for the yeah. most part. You know, I, I got a lot of life experience and, you know, I... I became like the man I am now, but you know, obviously like, there's things that happen and I'm like, you know what? Like I wish things were kind of different. Like I wish I wasn't an addict, you know, like I wish like I could just drink normally and like, and you know, just be a part of a party. Yeah. But, like I realized I don't need a, it. It comes and goes because I realized I don't need a drink to have fun. Like I still go right. out and like, I have, I have a good time. I have a great time. You have a blast, and even, man. And I don't even, right. I don't even drink, you know, I still have a great time, but the urges are there, you know, like it's like, Oh, yeah. I wish I had a drink, you know, but right. I, I, what I've been doing, I just drink seltzers now. Seltzer is like my new thing. And I just like 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 spiked seltzer or just no, seltzer? Reg- regular seltzer, regular, regular seltzer. seltzer is delicious, bro. I never liked seltzer before, You're but sick. you know what it is now? It reminds You're not me a like, New Yorker. It reminds me of having like a mix, <laughs> like a little mixed drink or something. You know, yeah. it's like if I, I mean, put in a glass. I don't and it's like, like seltzer chill. either. And you're the only one here who left New York and moved to Texas, so... They didn't have seltzer yeah. down there, by the way. They did, right. but it was shitty so, seltzer. It was shitty I mean, Texas seltzer. we never seltzer. left New York, and you did, so I think we have more authority. As who <laughs> yeah, yeah. You. yeah. Th- you got more authority? You can go fuck yourself, motherfucker. That's a jar. <laughs> <laughs> that's too... Oh, we didn't... Yeah, that's right. We didn't do We didn't do jar this episode. No, I'm keeping track. Don't worry. There's oh, a lot of jars. Say, I'm a, you're keeping track? Yeah, we've, we've, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're right, like 30 bucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're, at, we're yeah, out there. Victoria, we didn't explain this to you in the beginning, but we have It doesn't go for you but it doesn't go for you but it just goes it goes for us so we have this thing called the madness jar and uh we we say it all the time this is a podcast we're uncensored we're gonna curse we're gonna do everything but we're gonna pay a debt for that so that debt is one dollar into the madness jar after the after, at the end of the year whatever money's in that jar is gonna get uh, directly donated to a mental health charity Oh, I love it. So every time you curse? Just every, every time we say fuck. Uh, yeah, but... It was cursing It originally. was cursing, but we were just, just well, doing we it too much. That, we realized that's impossible. Like, that, like, <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to be putting a lot of dollars yeah. in there. Guests each, are allowed to say what they want, though. Yeah, podcast, guests can say what they want. Yeah. Guests can say what they want. Each podcast can cost me $100. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we figured it was a good idea because, you know, me and Tony, me and Tony mostly, Angelo, <laughs> not really, but me and Tony mostly fuck is every other word. So yeah. we, we, we realized that that's something to be aware we of. Try and it makes us, they, we yeah. try to get Yeah, he still, he still has not done it yet. Yeah, and he all the practice runs we've done. Every practice run, everything, he has not done it once yet. But don't worry, you will put a dollar in that jar at some point. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, it will. It will happen. It he has doesn't no want to say because he doesn't want to donate to charity. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I'm scumbag. <laughs> anyway, there was there was one important question that I wanted to ask her. Um, Victoria, you know, you you've obviously been through a lot, and your story is very very compelling. What is the one rule that you live by to live a happy life? 
So there's a few things, but to, um, you know, summarize it, I would say live life presently. Don't be in your head. Don't be thinking about what's next. What I mean, it's very hard to do that. You know, you hear that a lot, like live in the present, but really taking it day by day and really um, putting yourself first, not in an egotistical way like society has portrayed it to be, like selfish to put yourself first. But when you truly put yourself first and you're committed to your own healing journey, the love that you can give to others becomes almost like infinite because you have that abundance within yourself and there's never a lack of it. So always put yourself first. Always work on growing and expanding your consciousness and really healing yourself and that will heal others. It'll be a domino effect. That's beautiful. That's amazing, honestly. I really like Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. So I think uh I don't know. Do we got do we got anything else for this episode? We're we're, we're at a, we're at a, just about an hour right now. Um no. I feel like if I if I keep talking, I won't stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we'll run out of content for other shows. We'll run out of content, dude. We, no, 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 you never run out of content. I was gonna say that you can yeah. never run out. With my no life, with my life, actually, I don't really think I can. Nah, bro, dude, you're, you, you, you <laughs> we got we're gonna get a lot out of you, Jolly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to listen to all of them. Yeah, I got right. stories. So real quick, Victoria, where oh, where uh, where can the listeners find you on on so social I'm media? Mainly on Instagram. So. You can look me up, Victoria Grassi, V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-G-R-A-C-I, all one word, no spaces. And um, the same goes for on TikTok. I'm active on TikTok, and I've just gotten back on YouTube. I'm going to be doing more like daily vlogs, maybe not daily, but updated vlogs, and uh, I'm going to be taking it from there and see where it goes. Awesome. Actually, awesome. That that's gonna that, that's uh, that, that's coming for us. That's coming for us. Next step is YouTube, but let's get there first. You'll but, get uh, there. Yeah. We'll, no, we will get there. We'll definitely get there. Um, and then uh, you know, maybe one day, hey, if we end up going to be, if we end up in Florida, we'll do a collab with her. Oh yeah, Sounds you better good. come through. I'm I'll be down, here. I'm coming Wait. down to I'm coming down I'm coming down to Tampa in uh in. October actually end of October for Halloween I'm coming down there for like actually, a week. Yeah. Wait, wait, when are you going? I got a wedding that I got a wedding that weekend. Like I, I think uh, the day I'm going down there is like October 30th. I'm a something. little you offended. Am I your plus one? No, you're not. <laughs> it's fucked up. You have Danielle. You, have you left me you for have, her. You'd have to wear a dress. Wow. Anyway, right, <laughs> I mean, I could wear a dress. <laughs> you're sick. You're fucking sick. <laughs> anyway, all right guys, this is complete madness signing off as always with me Angelo and Dylan and Victoria. It was so good having a conversation with you today and hopefully we'll talk to you soon, all right? Thank yes, you for coming absolutely. on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. All right guys, this has been complete madness and we'll see you next Wednesday.